Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. Before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision and her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Hey, y'all, this is Justin Richmond. I hope you're enjoying a nice and safe holiday season. We're looking forward to coming back to you with new episodes of Broken Record in 2021, starting on January 12th. But in the meantime... We wanted to gift you an interview Malcolm Gladwell did for another podcast called Solvable. Solvable is hosted by Pushkin CEO Jacob Weisberg and occasionally Malcolm as well. In this episode, Malcolm speaks with a software engineer who solved awkward video conference calls by reducing the delay time that occurs, enough that musicians can now jam over Zoom in real time. Enjoy this episode. Here's Malcolm Gladwell with Solvable. This is Solvable. I'm Malcolm Gladwell. Occasionally, we would get to go on breakout rooms on Zoom and then just discuss our feelings about what's happening at the time. And um, when the lockdown began, we were all devastated because singing was our life. Sam is 12 years old, and like many kids, he's struggling with the restrictions COVID-19 has imposed on his life. There's a lot of talk in the news about the impact of COVID on classroom education. But for Sam and his friends, what they are missing is after school. Ragazzi was like a sanctuary to go to at the end of the school day. Ragazzi is a boys' choir based in California. Sam's been singing in the group for seven years. In pre-COVID times, he would rehearse twice a week for several hours each day. But all of that came to a halt when COVID arrived in the U.S. The choir was basically stuck. If you've ever tried to sing something like Happy Birthday during a Zoom meeting, you know what I'm talking about. Making music sync up with other people in real time over the internet is really tough. The connectivity delays, what they call latency, can be pretty awkward. 
Give us, a, give us the technical explanation of the problem your son was facing. It's, it's rooted in latency, fundamentally. Uh, the time that it takes the sound you make to reach another musician that you're performing with. You need to have a latency of about less than 25 milliseconds. Otherwise, the sense of the, the pulse or the beat of the music is just lost across those musicians. Mike Dickey is a software engineer, and after months of seeing his son Sam bummed out about not singing, he realized he could do something about it. Now, for far less than the cost of a year of private music lessons, Dickey created a tool that allows groups of musicians to make music online. And it might be just the beginning. So we could have real-time cheering and fan reaction in a basketball game. Yeah, absolutely. Performing and rehearsing with others in real time is really difficult or even impossible for many people, but this problem is solvable. I talked with Mike Dickey about Virtual Studio. It's a low-cost device that works with the open-source tool called JackDrip to make remote music collaboration possible in real time. Here is our conversation. Mike, tell me about the first time this that Ragazzi rehearsed using Virtual Studio. What was that like? At first, it was a bit terrifying. Gonna pr- progress up? Uh, let's progress down. Okay. By half step. And go. I thought of all the things that could go wrong, and I, I knew that this was all very new and untested, and I was also worried just of what people would think of me and my son if this was a huge disaster. Um, but when we when we started getting people online and it started to work and the boys started to, to sing... the first time they were singing together in a long time and I could see through the zoom the faces on the different boys start to light up I could see the smiles I could see it in their eyes and I could see it in in the director's eyes thinking hey this actually is working that experience of of seeing people and having them so happy and having their their experience with others impact their lives. That's really what led me to put more and more time into this and ultimately to devote all my time towards it. Prior to the lockdown, people must have thought about this problem and tried to solve it. Were there existing technical solutions to the problem of how to, how to sing um, remotely? There were, thankfully. I looked at uh, several of them when I started out and I, I came across this small project from out of Stanford University called JackTrip, which uh, is an open source technology that was developed over a year ago by the computer music department. It seemed very promising. It had high quality, lossless audio. It focused on low latency and over the internet. And there were uh, a lot of people already using it. The, the challenge that I found with that is that it was a command line tool. You had to open a terminal on your computer. Uh, in, in many cases, you had to build it from the source code, the C++ source code. And then you had to know the command lines and figure out the right command line options in order to use it with other people. That's great for somebody who's very technically oriented. But in my son's chorus, I was trying to figure out how can we roll this out 
to a large number of young boys that don't have this this advanced technical expertise. And it was actually a challenge that I thought I, I was well suited for because I, I understood the technical side and I also had the the product background in order to, to try to make something that was fairly difficult to use, uh, fairly easy for most of the people that were out there. So we're used to, is it an enormous uh, sonic collaboration, a conversation, a group of people singing? We're, we're already used to a degree of latency. We've incorporated that into our definition of normal. You don't have to, you don't have to take latency to zero to make it sound normal, in other words. Yes, it's all about tricking your brain. Uh, sound travels at roughly one foot per millisecond. And so if you're 10 feet away from someone, it takes you 10 milliseconds to actually hear something that they say or a note that they play on their instrument. And our, our brains have evolved to, uh, to adapt to that. And when we play music with a group, our, our brains are, are used to having people that are a certain distance away. Once, once they get further than 25 feet away from you, it becomes really hard for you to stay in sync with them. So the trick here with these software solutions is simply to get under that 25 threshold with the way that the sound is being transmitted. Exactly. And, and there's many steps along that path when you think about it. There's, there's the path from, let's say you're singing, there's the path from your, your voice, your vocal cords to the microphone. Then there's the path from the microphone to your computer or whatever audio device you're using. Uh, there's the process of digitizing that audio, turning it from an analog sound into digital samples that can be buffered and transmitted electronically. And then there's the process of sending all that data from your computer to somebody else's computer, and then essentially reversing the process in order to get into the headphones that someone's listening to you on. Mm -hmm. And each of those steps adds latency. And the, the key is just minimizing the latency of as many of those steps as possible along the way. Mike, can you give a, a layperson's explanation of what we mean when we talk about buffer size? Sure. Bu buffer size is similar to if you're a shipping company and you're trying to send something from China to the United States, you have to load all of these containers onto a ship and th then send that ship across the ocean to its destination port. All those containers then get unloaded and delivered to someone else. So each of those containers could be considered a buffer. The ship itself could also be considered a buffer. So you're kind of grouping things into these larger buckets and then transmitting them from one location to another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Describe Virtual Studio to me. What, what is this thing that you have created? So the, the device, it's basically using a Raspberry Pi microcomputer or a single board computer that fits in the palm of your hand. And th this, this board only costs about $35. And so I combine that with a, a sound card from a company called HiFiBerry, uh, which is extremely low latency and it plugs directly into this single board computer so you don't have to go through a USB bus, which by itself adds latency, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, it just talks directly to the CPU and other uh, components on that board. And that allows it to achieve a latency as low as about one millisecond. When I realized that I could do that and I tested it and, and measured it and everything else, then I realized, hey, this is really possible. We can really do something with this. Wait, back up for a moment. So there is this thing, JackTrip, which comes out of Stanford, how do they, without, without getting too 
swallowed up in the in the technical. But explain to a, a a computer dummy like me how they propose to solve this latency problem. So you have this you have this lag. How does JackTrip solve that problem? There's really no rocket science to it. What JackTrip does is it just tries to take the audio packets to extract them from the the chipsets that are in your sound card and transmit them over the internet as, as quickly and as efficiently as possible. A, a large part of that is just having small buffer sizes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. JackTrip uh, effectively just tries to, to minimize the, the overhead of transmitting this data over the, the networks. How long did it take you to build the first kind of prototype of this? Building the, the Raspberry Pi itself was fairly easy. It, it just took a few days to convert mm-hmm. that over. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, had a, I had a few people helping test things with me. And uh, I remember the first time I, I tested it myself just as a, a loop back to the server and back to hear myself. And I was certain I did something wrong because it, it was instantaneous, or at least to me, it sounded instantaneous. And I thought, no, this can't possibly be sending... But uh, yeah, the, the more I dug, dug into it, the more I convinced myself that this was really happening. Were you, do you remember what, were you singing or, it, or speaking? Do you remember what? I can't sing. <laughs> you don't want to hear me sing. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I was just, uh, I was whistling a lot for, um, usually I whistle for my test. Sometimes I do try to sing uh, if I know nobody's listening or in the room. If you do try to sing, what do you try to sing? I sing about my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, this is like, didn't, what is it that Alexander Graham Bell said to his assistant on the first telephone transmission? Was it like, you know, Dr. Watson, come quick or something like that? <laughs> this, this is like up there with that. <laughs> and when was that? When you did that first test and you couldn't believe it, when was that? That was probably in May. Oh, wow. This whole thing went really quickly. Yeah, yeah. We, we shut things down here in California in mid-March, late March. And uh, mm-hmm. I started out just you know, some, some evenings I would look at what's out there and spend a little time here and there. And the amount of time I spent grew more and more every week until, uh, finally I started really putting things together and building things and testing things by May. So walk me through how Ragazzi does their rehearsals now. How do you put this into practical, uh, service? Well, interestingly, Ragazzi still starts all of their rehearsals with Zoom, and, and we still use that as a tool to carry the video and, and connect everyone visually with one another. And then they, in parallel to running Zoom, they run JackTrip, and they use JackTrip mm-hmm. for the audio. And that means that the video is is very heavily delayed compared to the audio. It takes a lot longer for you to see something versus when you hear it. And one of the downsides of that is that conducting, we've learned, is just not possible. You can't uh, conduct visually in particular with, with the, the gesticulations that you would normally see a conductor doing throughout mm-hmm. a performance. So what the conductors have have done and learned over time is that they have started conducting through audio. Uh, they, they give audio cues throughout a performance to either become a little bit louder, a little bit softer, a little bit faster. And when to cut off, all these things uh, ended up moving from the visual side to the audio. Oh, that's fascinating. But we still use we still use the video just to help everybody see, seeing one another helps give them a little bit more sense of presence. So everyone does every boy in the choir have to have his own little virtual studio? Yes. Early on, a major donor allowed us to 
distribute this out to the entire chorus. Mm. It's about $150 for the device. And that doesn't include the accessories, which would be the microphone and some cables. So altogether, it's about $200. Mm. Did you, when you set out to solve this particular problem, you quit your old job to focus on this. Was that... Was that a was that a big step? Did that seem like a rash step at the oh, time? Yeah. Oh, it still seems like a rash step. It was <laughs> it was certainly a, a monumental and life changing step for me. Um, mm-hmm. I also realized that this isn't something that's unique to Ragazzi. This is a problem that's really general across the entire world. And to me, that was that was one of those moments where I realized that I could do something to help. And I may not ever have an opportunity to have an impact like I could at that moment. How do people, I mean, so you have this thing that's now being used by Ragazzi. How do you get the, Ragazzi can't be the only choir out there or people who might, I mean, I have, I come from a family where three members of my family are in church choirs and they've been grounded since March. I don't think they think it's even possible to be able to to sing together. How have you gotten the word out about Virtual Studio? Through different mechanisms, um, certainly in the, within the Bay Area itself, we had a number of connections to other choruses and performing arts organizations. Uh, we've also been working a lot with Chorus America, which is mm-hmm. a, a great organization of many choruses across the country. So we're, we're slowly getting the information and the word out that this is possible through through not, not just our mechanism, but different mechanisms. So uh, it'll be interesting to see as this uh, as this progresses over the next several months. But wait, I, but I would go even further. There's a whole category of live experiences which could be recreated using this. So I'm thinking, I mean, I don't know whether you're a basketball fan, but imagine an NBA game where everyone who's watching, every fan who's watching the game has one of these devices in their house. So we could have real-time cheering and fan reaction in a basketball game. We can recreate a real, right now they're just doing fake crowd noise, right? It's a, a total phony experience. But if I have, if I eliminate, eliminate the latency for fans to react to a sporting event, I've, I've got a virtual, I've got a realistic virtual fan experience. Do I not? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I haven't even thought about sports, but, but you're, I think you're totally correct. <laughs> Mike, Mike, this is, this, this is, you can, this is the future of this. <laughs> this is, I, that's the first thing I thought about when, when I was thinking about it, because this is this huge, because every single, I don't know why I'm going on like this, but every single sporting event right now and that goes on television is suffering huge ratings declines. And that is because the experience of watching sports doesn't seem real. And if you're telling me if it's this easy, I just have to, I got to buy it. I got to buy a device if I want to play. But people are, they were, they were paying 150 bucks for their ticket to the, to one game before. I mean, it's not like people aren't used to investing in a fan experience. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. I think what one challenge we have is just with the, the video side of it is we can make the audio mm-hmm. very quick, but you're still going to see things delayed on the video side. Uh, potentially if the delay of the video is the same for everyone who's watching, that may not be an issue. Like they'll still hear each other yeah. in uh, in sync with what's happening. Yeah, yeah. What's fascinating to me is how you start with a very, very specific and very, very personal problem, which is your son is bummed out that he can't sing with his chorus. And now, you know, we're six months later and you're thinking about recreating the way in which we experience live music. And I'm going on and on about 
rescuing the NBA. And <laughs> um, is it? I mean, it's a sort of funny and fascinating picture of how innovation works. It is. It's it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, that whole process of innovation being this this thing that that builds and builds and changes over time in ways you don't even expect it to. Yeah, uh, that's what's that's what I've always loved about technology. What's always drawn me into the the world of entrepreneurism and creating products and and now I have the opportunity to do that in a way that involves something I really love, which is music, but also is is helping people. Where could you go to listen in on something that's been a uh, performance that's been conducted or recorded over virtual studio? Uh, the Ragazzi Boys Chorus has recorded and published a number of our rehearsals online on YouTube. So the best place to see a few examples is probably at Ragazzi's YouTube channel. One last thing, Mike, can you give us a little sense of what listeners can do if they want to make use of this new idea or virtual studio or they want to spread the word? Uh, do you have any practical, some practical words of advice to our listeners? Yes, I'd, I'd suggest going to our website at jacktrip.org, where we have a, a lot of different resources and people who are volunteers available to help answer questions. Mike Dickey is co-founder and chairman of the Jack Tripp Foundation and the creator of Virtual Studio. And we're hearing the Ragazzi Boys Choir from California, rehearsing from over 30 locations at once using Jack Tripp and Virtual Studio. Be sure to check out our show notes to learn more about online music collaboration and ways you can get involved. Next week on Solvable, just ahead of Thanksgiving, retired NASA astronaut Scott Kelly will talk about how social isolation is solvable, even when it feels like you're trapped alone so many miles and miles away from those who you love most. I hope you'll join us. Solvable is brought to you by Pushkin Industries. Our show is produced by Camille Baptista, senior producer Jocelyn Frank, Catherine Girardot is our managing producer, and our executive producer, is Mila Bell. Special thanks to Kobe Guilford, Heather Fain, Eric Sandler, Carly Migliori, and Khadijah Holland. I'm Malcolm Baba. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single 
private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora, to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there.